So in case you're just tuning in, uh, Joe Ham, the host. Uh, That's me. I'm just tuning in. He was three minutes late, uh, and then he arrived with a cup that was not full, whereas my cup, as you can see, look at that, it pretty much runneth over with high quality. I think we're officially beginning Insert Credit Show, episode number 106. Episode number My Mom. More we're like two it, away from huh? your special number right there. Yeah. yeah. We're almost there. Special friend number. Soon. And to co- celebrate this momentous occasion, we have on uh, longtime Scottish independent uh, activist <laughs> and uh, feminist and alleged video game developer Matthew Kumar. That's that's correct. Alleged is definitely the term. <laughs> oh, and definite sector Neo Geo Pocket Forum alumnus. Yeah. Yes. Since was... 1999 or something like that, we've all known each other a very, very, very long time because we're a million years old. That's true. It's very sad. You know, I have a quick thing that I want to say about knowing each other for a million years old. Uh, I, I saw on Twitter there was uh, a person saying... Oh my god, I was looking at a picture of Alucard on my phone, and this waitress, and she's like in her 40s, comes over and is like, oh, is that Sephiroth? Like, it's no big deal. Like, everyone knows who Sephiroth is. And I, I sent a uh, a reply saying, well, you know, I played Final Fantasy VII in high school when I was around 17. If that lady played Final Fantasy VII at age 27, which is a very reasonable age, she'd be 44. So, so uh, cool. I was like, that game's almost 20 years old, so uh, the end. Yeah, I Okay, think now we're cool. all yeah, going mean, to go kill ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, it's always that disturbing idea that it's uh, 20 years since 1995, not 1985. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um... But yeah, yeah, the funny thing about about Joel is that I haven't actually like, you know, spoken to you in in person in basically ever possibly, but my one of my defining memories is um playing Fantasy Star Online with you in like 2000 and Oh wow. I don't know one or something. I don't know when Fantasy Star Online was was big, but it was definitely Dreamcast era. I had my Dreamcast keyboard out um after we had played it, we posted a, posted like a I guess a selfie of our characters together in oh, Fantasy give Star me a Online. High five right there. <laughs> exactly. Thank, yeah. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, we did we did meet face to face in San Francisco briefly for about five minutes, but I like the Fantasy Star Online uh, shit even more. That's uh, that's more nostalgic right there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was uh, I don't know a human ranger type character. I can't remember. It's been so long. Uh, I believe you mean a humoral, a human something. I'll go ahead and say it. If you guys ever saw a really, really tiny girl uh, in Fantasy Star Online, that was me. Oh so, yeah, do you remember that one? I yeah. think I think I was Man, hitting on time. you because you said you'd give me free items or something. Or no, I, I was giving you free items because you said you'd be my e-girlfriend. Yeah, because I was a tiny girl. That's actually the truth. That's how that happened. That's how I met all you guys. Right. Tell us how you met Jared of Subway fame. Oh God! How did I meet Jared of Subway Fame? Uh, well, who, by the way, we have to. We we're going to preface this and say that uh, this 
program is not endorsed or associated in any way with Subway sandwiches. Yeah, and uh, I just want to take a moment to disavow that I have any sort of an ongoing business or friend relationship with Jared Fogel of Subway fame. Uh, In case the FBI is curious. Uh, I keep seeing articles refer to him as a pitch man, a subway pitch man. It's not what he did. A pitch man would be like, you know, foisting the product at a camera on TV. Check it out. Have a sando. But uh, it's uh, that's not what he was. He was he was a spokesman because he was on a commercial or whatever. Uh, here's how I knew Jared. I got on the school bus and he was on there. He was on the school bus every day. Same. He lived next door to my parents. And, uh, he was, uh, me and Jared were, we were the fat kids at my high school. We were the, he was number one and I was number two, <laughs> number two. Uh, <laughs> can we get some data to like uh, quantify this some, some more? What? Like size? Yeah. Like I want to see how I would have ranked compared to Jared roughly uh, in my fat guy years. Jared was a BB. He was a big boy. <laughs> Jared was. Wait, I mean, uh, I thought, I thought what? the whole thing with Jared was that he had those pictures with him in his gigantic trousers, right? So you already have the benchmark. Yeah, yeah, that's about well, right. The gigantic okay, trousers. Well, how did, he how wore did you those. rank? So I can see how I fit in here. Um, well, I wouldn't know Jared. I wasn't quite that much of a an achiever, if you know what I mean. I sure. I, sure. I ate for convenience, and convenience didn't like me, if you know what I mean. Uh, so I. Uh, I, I, yeah, so I was, I was around about 250 or so, maybe 400. I'm not, I can't really remember. (laughs) Okay. Somewhere, somewhere in there. I was big. I wore like your size 40 some, like 48 jeans or whatever. And I'm just kind of walking around like a big, you know, just like a beach ball, like a basketball, like a pumpkin, like somebody stuck feet on a pumpkin. You know, those were the days, man. Being fat and playing like PlayStation One, th- those were some, uh, yeah, those were some times. Yeah, just uh, it was. It felt real weird to jerk off back then. If I can just, it was just like, why am I? Why is what's the point? I'm not meant to do this. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Joel, were you? Yeah, fat? I mean, I was 285 at my uh, at my peak. Oh, baby, wasn't it weird jerking off at that weight? It's like. What am I doing? I don't. I, I don't remember that specifically. Although I, I do remember this uh, instinct. Just, Look at me. I mean, you isn't this the like problem that? though that Jared eventually decided that he should go on Craigslist and find people to well, do that is, for him this because is, this it felt is what so I'm weird. Saying. So Jared and I sat at the same lunch table because my brother was Jared's only friend, and Jared was my brother's only friend. Me and my brothers didn't have friends because we had never lived anywhere for more than three months at a time because my dad was in the Army. Indiana's where we ended up. Uh, Jared was my brother's friend. My brother was Jared's friend. Uh, kids used to yell stuff at Jared. Uh, my brother used to be like, yeah, man. And uh, my brother was the cool guy. Uh, I could not go to Christmas anytime after that without – my brother's saying, you see Jared? He's on TV still. You see Jared? He got on TV. Uh, Jared's on TV. He's doing the subway thing now. You see, yeah, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, he's on TV. Guy's going to get rich. And then years later, it evolved to, you know, Jared he hasn't said a word to me since high school. Oh. Did you know that? You know, Jared, Jared still, he's forgot, forgot all about his best friend, Roy. And, uh, and, uh, nowadays he is posting every Jared update. Uh, that comes down the pipe on his Facebook. He is posting 
every single word about Jared. And he's like, look, look at this. Look at Jared. So here's what I'm thinking about Jared. I went to the same college as Jared. Uh, I ate at the same subway as Jared. Now, see, Jared graduated a year before me, and I was well on my way to losing weight uh, by, you know, the end of the first semester, senior year. And uh, I don't know. I was I went to college already with all my weight lost, but he, he lost it there. Uh, but I ate at the same subway as him. He lost his weight over like two years, two, two and a half years. And, uh, he was my friend, Big Joe's neighbor. Like they, they lived in the same little apartment house and, uh, Jared like sold porn on VHS tapes to people. Like he would, he would have like VCRs just dubbing porn. Uh, well, I mean, I saw it, so it's like oh, okay. not. Okay, so it's I mean, confirmed. I mean, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, you know, if any New York Times, you want to give me a call, just give me a call. Uh, so here's what I'm thinking: Truman Capote in his book in Cold Blood uh, talks about this murderer is uh, uh, somebody who, you know, I feel like he says, uh, you know, he said of this guy, I feel like we grew up in the same house, and one day, you know, but we never met each other in there, and one day he walked out the back door and I walked out the front. That's me and Jared because I'm sitting around high school. You know, like a pumpkin with feet, like a big basketball with shoes taped to it. And uh, I'm just like, man, I'm never going to have sex. Man, I'm never going to I'm never going to touch a girl. Man, I'm never going to talk to a girl. I'm never going to talk to anybody. And Jared's doing the same thing, right? But Jared, opportunity knocked. And uh, Jared went, uh, he, you know, he went from, you know, just imagine, it's like a superpower. It's like suddenly... I, I don't hate myself. Suddenly, I, I kind of like myself. I, I can talk to people. And I mean, obviously, maybe they're not judging you the way you thought they were, but it is like a goddamn superpower. And the guy, uh, you know, found that he could have sex with girls and that, you he know, maybe became he became drunk on his own powers, what you're saying? Yeah. And, uh, but see, the thing, same thing happened to me. I'm going to admit it. I've, I've had sex before, like, whatever. Like, I mean, I, I know I say I haven't, but, you know, I did once. Twice. By couple, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, oops. And then it's like, you know, good times, party times, birthday hats, etc. And, uh, and then it's like, imagine him though. I didn't have, I didn't get no $15 million for losing my weight, but he did. So what I'm saying is, you know, we enable evil even when we're not thinking about it, you know? Everybody's, uh, we're, we're all, stars now in the dope show you know what i mean <laughs> like we were all part of it you ever eat it you ever buy anything from a supermarket and eat it you're right up there with that kitty fiddler you know no offense to anybody it's all there man opportunity well, knocks I mean, and jared knocked think, back he went from I fat guy um, oh, yeah, yeah yeah i think it's an interesting thing um uh when you when you sort of say that because uh this thing is like since that news hit I've been thinking, like, you know, I haven't had Subway in a long time. I don't like Subway, but for the last, like, two nights, I've been like, maybe I should do that Subway. <laughs> no I mean, such thing there. as bad publicity. In I, fa- actually, it's not that it's not... There it's is not bad, it's not publicity, bad publicity now, but... It's, it's kind of like, no one can blame Subway for what he did, right? It's not like another one of situations where the corporation has done something bad, right? It's that Janet, yeah. their spokesperson, has has done something completely sandwich unrelated unless well, he did involve sandwiches and anything. There may be more doing. details yet to come, yeah. Did you see yeah, how cold Subway was? Subway was so cold, they were like, we have ceased our relationship with Jared uh, in light of these allegations. And then today they did it again. They were like, 
uh, just reiterating, uh, Jared does not speak for us anymore. And it's like, whoa, just uh, ice cold. Can you imagine how many, how many millions of psychopaths are, are, uh, like just emailing or tweeting at, at Subway for all this? See, what I want to say about Jared, my last word, the straight dope is Jared. He went from fat guy to that guy. And that's the straight dope. Mm-hmm. All right. Very nice. I had something else to say about Jared, but who knows <laughs> where I'll say well, it. Well, you know, what, one thing, uh, if you, if you do, or if you are a fat guy that plays video games and you don't want to, whether that's play video games or be a fat guy, I'm not sure which, but it's real easy to stop. You just stop eating so damn much and you immediately lose like 75 pounds. Yeah, so that's, it's, that's it's not really right even there. the so much. It's like, there's many, many factors behind it, but for like, for me, it was just, uh, Oh God! It, I just I was like it's got I got to stop with the sugar, and I got to stop with the just swearing off sugar and all that. But yeah, man, I played some video games. Jared played some video games too. What was, what was Jared's favorite, 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 favorite game? game? Yeah, Burger Time. You think Burger Time was up there? <laughs> all right, here we go. Impromptu topic: uh, sandwiches and video games. What do we got? Burger Time is that the best sandwich video game? It's probably the Certainly. best. I mean. Certainly the most emblematic of sandwiches. Well, certainly. But I mean, I don't. Maybe this is like ridiculous, but I kind of like don't consider a burger a sandwich. <laughs> like oh. I always think of a sandwich as being not a burger. Like a burger is a burger. It's on like a bun. I feel like a sandwich is on bread. Is that I'm, crazy? I'm gonna have to, even though you are European by origin, I'm gonna have to agree with that. That's pretty right on. I don't know. What about like a roll. I think a, bur- a, roll a burger is a, is a subset of a sandwich because you can definitely, like, you get a hero that's on a roll in it. Exactly. Well, it's a hero okay. sandwich. You, you make a good point because if you're like a junior G man, you get a hamburger sandwich with some French fried yes. potatoes. You know, that's you see. But I just, I just don't think of it as a sandwich. You know, like the the type of like bun that you have with the sesame seeds or whatever that's on it. Whereas, like I, you know, like as you say, like a sub. I mean, that's like a derivative of a baguette, which is a bread. You know, a like patty of ground roll. beef is known as a hamburg steak, yeah. and a hamburger is a hamburg sandwich. Yeah, I mean, don't go to Hamburg Boom. and start telling people they don't got no sandwiches there. They're gonna, Wait, they're gonna run you out on the rail. Er is a Hamburg sandwich. I mean, like Er yes. is in sandwich. That's not how that sentence works. Okay, ha- okay. First of all, hamburger is American English for <laughs> "you're from Hamburg" is what it means. Yeah. That's all it means. Yeah, like. Yes, yeah, like Berliner, right? right? We... Like how famously yeah. JFK said, yeah. I'm a Berliner. And then people were like, oh, he said he was a donut. And he was like, and people are like, no, that's not actually what he said. He actually did say it correct. It's just that in the, when people look at it from a certain direction without context, it sounds wrong. But he did say it yeah. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Since, anyway. depending on where the hamburger stands, does this mean that the uh, treasure developed McDonald's game would fit into this category? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's got to be a contender, right? I don't accept I refuse I am, to accept that the hamburger-based games fit I'm into the sandwich McDonald's situation. Sandwich. We're going to see if the McDonald's original website calls it a sandwich. Well, they might just have their chicken sandwich on there. Here comes yeah, the copy. Yeah, no ready? Right? Yeah. Delicious, freshly made, and oh so satisfying. <laughs> From the Big Mac to our premium grilled chicken club to our classic cheeseburger. McDonald's sandwiches Whoa. make the meal. Oh man! All right, okay, so McDonald's who, considers hamburgers a sandwich. 
No, no, here's the thing. Who decided that McDonald's was the king of who says what a sandwich is? If McDonald's comes tomorrow and they say, see this thing, it's a sandwich and it's like a donut. It's a Berliner, right? Does yeah. that mean that we have to start accepting that they're sandwiches? It I want to. I want to reiterate that we are not sponsored by or affiliated with McDonald's uh, hamburger sandwiches in any way. McDonald's yeah, hamburger all, bell knows? lives the VIP life. We're all talking about. I want to learn more about who the double quarter pounder with cheese. Been up to. Yeah, Ronald could be playing violins for children. Oh, yeah. baby, baby violin. That's that's what a <sighs> that's what a kitty fiddler is, right? Or, or the grimace. No one even knows what he is. Right? That's true. He's a big blue blob, some sort of a prune. Uh, he makes a sort of a facial expression. Yeah, I was going to say his facial expression is actually very uh, emblematic of the 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 Pokemon expression in that photo where the kids are going into Pikachu's crotch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crotch a Pika crotch. Pikachu. Uh, like so, what? There. What are, are sandwiches in video games? Sandwich based games. Give it to me. Somebody. Well, shit. We, we, that's why we need well, Frank I mean, here to go on Moby games. No, sandwiches in video games. If Frank was here, I know what you'd say, probably. It's obviously, everyone references the sandwich in Deadly Premonition, which we never shut up about. Yeah. Right? There's the Sinner sandwich in that. So that's a famous video game sandwich, mm-hmm. which has, uh-huh. I think it's turkey, cranberry, and cereal? Yeah. Am I correct, Brandon? Uh, I think yeah. that's Whoa. right. Whoa. And then- All right, so I'm on the giant bomb database under the uh, video game item sandwich. And I gotta say, very few sandwiches in video games. I think they're, uh, probably in Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom, there's gotta be a sandwich in there. I don't know. Some kind of a vegetarian sandwich? That doesn't sound very uh, Nintendo-centric to me. Uh, yeah, you're right. I know there, you can get burgers in, uh, Streets of Rage, that's for, that's for sure. But again, it's yeah, burgers. burgers don't count. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, burgers count. Uh, is there, there's there's got to be a fast sandwich food in our, empire. In our least favorite game, River City Ransom, there must be some kind of a sandwich. Oh, there's plenty of sandwiches in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can probably... There's probably so many games where there are onigiri that have been just translated as sandwiches. Sandwich, right? yeah. Because that's like the, that's like the Japanese sandwich, right? Well, to me, a we... sandwich is... You know, something you go and you pick up and it's like quick, right? The onigiri is If the, we can't the take McDonald's' this word for a hamburger being a sandwich, we can't consider an uh, an English localized uh, onigiri sandwich a sandwich either. No, I wouldn't consider it to be one either. I'm just noting Boom. that there must be lots of examples of that. You know what they call them yeah. over here? I say trust triangles. corporations. Trust if it's if it's not corporate sanctioned, I don't think we should trust it anymore. I think we need to follow follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money Although, and see where actually, it goes. If 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 we want to continue this, the, the the original hamburger. There's this place. There's somewhere in America that claims to have the original hamburger. Yeah. And the original hamburger literally is two it's pieces McDonald's. of bread, um, a burger, and a slice of tomato. And the guy is very strict about you cannot put ketchup on that burger. Yeah. It's two pieces of bread, uh, like a um mince or whatever you know, grilled, and a, a slice of tomato. So, technically, the original hamburger I would consider a sandwich, but the derivative hamburger from which everybody eats nowadays I do not consider a sandwich. I consider it to be its own category. Well, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of this. And I just well, we, linked well, we everyone just to, to the final answer. There's okay. a, no, we will never say agree to disagree on this show. Uh, I just linked to Disney.com uh, Lilo and Stitch Sandwich Stacker, a Flash game where you play that, as uh, the uh, adorable alien creature catching... 
uh, sandwich ingredients on a piece of bread. It is clearly a piece of bread. It's not a hamburger bun. Well, all right. That ought to do it. There we go. Well, sticking with the uh, corporate uh, theme here, because we know that we should trust them, of course. Um, and we have, well, how should I put this? We have some alleged video game developers in this room, one of whom is launching a uh, project tomorrow, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, it's um, coming yep. out a little earlier. Oh, <laughs> not Matthew you. Kumar. Oh, oh. That's a joke. No, it's not, not you. Everybody owned. Everybody, everybody got way owned. Sorry. Yeah, they got far more excited for the project that's not coming out rather than the one that is, which is exactly what you always planned. Yeah. Well, wait. What else are you going to do if there's no video ball tomorrow? Boom. So I got everybody expecting to have video ball, and now they're like, no, they can't have it. They're like, they're they want something else because they yeah, they immediately cleared all their plans for tomorrow. Yeah, they're like, well, see, this is good marketing. Yeah, you're, you're like, what I need now is a, a local multiplayer game developed by someone tangentially related to Insert Creator. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. I can't have Video Ball, I will have Night and Damsel, which is the game which I, I've been working on. Uh, MK Ultra Games is my company, uh, compared to Action Button of Tim and Necrosoft of Brandon. And uh, yeah, it comes out tomorrow on Steam, uh, Humble, H.io, um, the Ouya, if you happen to have one of those, uh, you will be able Ooh, to yeah. download it on that. I thought and, that was called uh, the Oh Yeah. It, sh- That's a joke. it should have been called the Oh Yeah. Um, and it's a, a local multiplayer uncooperative game uh, where one player plays a knight, one player plays a damsel, and they're attempting to rescue each other. It's kind of uh, the easiest way for me to explain it is to call it uh, <clears throat> Nedhog meets Puzzle Fighter, sort of, which is not a perfect <laughs> example, but it's the, that same sort of. Um, a sort of back and forth of Nedhog with uh, the throwing things on your opponent's screen of Puzzle Fighter, let's say. When you uh, when and, you give uh, that yeah. when you give that description to your mom, uh, what does she say? Is she like, oh yeah, um, oh yeah, Nidhog meets Puzzle Fighter? I get it. She, what she actually says, it's really funny. She goes, "I show her the picture," and she goes, "Hey, is that Sephiroth?" Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Boom. Um, but yeah, basically, but if you're listening to the podcast, it will be have been out a couple of days. And it is on special offer for the first two weeks. Seven ninety nine rather than ten bucks. It's as good as you're gonna get. You should buy it. What? <laughs> that is, thank you. Ten dollars. What a deal! Yes. It is a deal. Thank there, you so much for the but, pitch because I just wanted to to segue from that by saying that the only thing that I hate more than self promoting indie game devs is uh, corporate corporate marketing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny that when you take really brand centric corporate marketing and you mix it with video games, I don't have a problem with that. Like Pepsi Man in uh, Fighting Vipers. Oh yeah, or love those guys. Uh, Mountain Dew in um, Jet Moto. Yeah, you know, I don't even mind that stupid Toyota Yaris game that was free and garbage because it's like, oh look at this. Oh hey, piece of exactly. trash. Hang on, hang on a second. What? Toyota Yaris. Fantastic automobile. No, I'm not talking about Absolutely. the car. I'm talking about the game. Don't you dare. Don't even, like, you can't talk smack about the game. I can do if it. You, I just if did you like it. the car. You gotta, no, car's great, game's great. Ain't no Honda. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, but the Toyota Yaris is a different thing. The Honda Fit, you driven that Honda Fit? No. Come on. I haven't. It's not as good as the Yaris. The Yaris is better. Yeah. I'd take so a Honda question... something else over a Toyota something else, but I mean, the Yaris is a beautiful, beautiful automobile. Five stars. Well, I, this, this may answer the question then is, um, the three of you all are currently working on a game about to be released, I believe, supposedly. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. 
what product or uh, corporate entity best um, reflects the brand identity that you wish to project? Yeah. So you're about to get a shitload of bucks, and you got to put this product in your game. What product is that? Oh, big, big dollars. That's a huh? good Big, big, beefy. We're big, talking beefy. big money. Well, it has often Beautiful. been suggested to Tim that he should get that uh, that Doritos license because he's got tiny triangles in there already. Yeah, big oh. triangles. Triangles. Well, judging by these days, when you talk about uh, video games, you got to put a beverage, right? So I say we got to start with the beverage, right? So what's the beverage for your game? So it's okay. So here's the thing there's beverage. There's snack food, there's car manufacturer, and there's uh, so I'm thinking I'm thinking Mad Men and, and there's then airline. And there's, how about, there's how lifestyle, about a lifestyle brand? brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then lifestyle brand is the last one. Uh, so here's the thing: if we're talking like I'm thinking like in Mad Men, they said every ad agency needs uh, a food, a drink, a restaurant, uh, a car, an airline, and a lifestyle brand. Like what are like. So for me, the drink, the drink is, uh, I don't know. It's got to be an energy. It's not Mountain Dew. Uh, I know what my drink is going to be. My drink is going to be, I don't, I don't even drink it, but it's going to be some manner of bourbon because I would like, I want, I want the, the kids playing the game to be like, oh man, this game's for adults. And I want the adults who, who are the kind of guys that are like, yeah, just, you know, uh, like Friday night, and they take a picture of their, their glass of whiskey or, or or whatnot. I want those people to buy my game also. And I feel like those kind of people are going to evangelize the game. And so, yeah, uh, some some sort of bourbon is what my drink is going to be. So wait, you specifically want your game to be bought by children and people who take pictures of their drinks? Yep. Idiots. How about like an insure, <laughs> an insure shake that you could capture an older demographic yeah, that's currently not tapped that's true. other than like Sudoku games? That's true. But wait, what game is this though? Oh, is this Odeer? Oh, gun- no, Odeer's oh, already out. It's too late for that it's one. It's Gunsport. Yeah, it's too late for, Gunsport, for Odeer okay. forever. No, we're going we're gonna to make another Odeer later. So, okay. uh, But that'll be some sort of like uh, wheatgrass juice because <laughs> deer love that mm. stuff. I'm marketing this one direct to the deer. So they can watch themselves, make themselves get killed or whatever? Yeah. Uh, for for the car, it's got to be the Honda Prelude. For the airline, I'm going to go with uh, Eva because they have the Hello Kitty uh, airplane, and that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. For restaurant, um, well, I'm not going to get a lot of money, but I'm going to do Lane Splitter for the pizza. And uh, Lifestyle Brand... There's this, there's this, the only lifestyle brand that I enjoy, they make my cell phone case. They're called Kalai Deng. Uh, Kalai Deng? Yeah. And their, their, their motto here is, be the most considerate accessory brand, quality, innovation, service, amazing every day. And, uh, they, Quality's job one. they make really good, really good phone cases. So I'm going to use them. What, what am I missing? What did I not get? Like a like a snack food. Snack food. Uh, what sort of? Dang. Um. Okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Annie's. Um. Uh. Fruit snacks. Annie's. Annie's fruit snacks. Ah. Yeah. yeah the ones they got at Target. Uh. They, they might have target. them there. Yeah. They're, they got. They got them everywhere. They're uh. 
They got them at, at oh, Whole Foods man. as well. Yeah, because they got those vegetarian gelatin-free fruit snacks. They're the best ones that you can get that don't have no no horse bits. I was going to say, would that be good for O-Deer because they wouldn't contain, like, hooves and bones and yeah, whatnot? Yeah, no, that's true. Hooves and bones. H&B. Now, have, yes. have you considered, Tim, a uh, Little Caesars uh, partnership for Video Ball? Because that well, kind of seems almost up their alley. So I'm thinking, uh, I mean, what do we got with Video Ball for a drink? Uh, these days, it's got to be an energy drink. Monster or Rockstar. Yeah. But I think Red, Red Bull's the good one. You know why? Because it's $5, where Rockstar's like $2. Red Bull's like the expensive one. Also has really nice colors. The the colors chosen on the can are really classy. I think it would be Red Bull. What about Ice Tea? Ice Tea's brand of energy drink. That's not a good one. <laughs> you mean you're uh, not going to partner with Hulk Hogan's energy drink? What's that one oh, called? Does Hulk Hogan have an energy drink? Yes, it uh, it's only available in Florida, I believe. What's it called? Nice Hogan Energy. Oh, that's pretty lame. <laughs> Yeah, that's sold, sold where all heterosexual white males shop. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was that? Like it could, like you could be confused, and I think it was Paul Hogan's energy drink, the guy who played well, Crocodile you, oh, you Dundee. Could. Yeah, sure, Crocodile. well, sure. Then you'd be Love more excited. Although I think the, yeah, the regionality like, so is what determines it. Uh, so you. But what, so, yeah. what product placements are we looking at for a Night and Damsel here? Hey, I didn't even so, get to well, say, I had, I had a whole bunch in mind, right, finish which is it, why I proposed the framework. Finish but, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that Toyota Yaris, cause that's a good little car. It's got a good, like, sort of an almost triangular shape to it. Feels like a video ball car. I'd put ads for that up there. And as for the lifestyle brand, it's obviously gotta be Muji. Muji, the Japanese housewares brand, the whole idea of the look of video ball is we want to make the Muji coffee cup of video games, like, it's, this industrially designed thing, like the uh, the the prototype title in my head was like Muji Sport was like the idea. If you're not familiar with Muji, they make high quality products of an aesthetic referred to as super normal. Uh, actually, that's what they make Muji is going is, for. Uh, I'm holding it in my hand right now. Actually, they make something which I would not consider super normal, but I'm kind of blown away that they, no one else does this. They make highlighters. That the highlighter yeah. has a window in it so you can see what you're highlighting. So you know when you highlight Whoa. something and it wobbles and you like start to highlight not the thing you're trying to highlight? This guarantees you will always highlight what you're trying what to you're... highlight. Yeah, so the question of that is, is if it, it can, feels like a design flourish, but is it a flourish or is it uh, a feature? something that the designer... Uh, Regarded as completely essential to it is essential, the product, but no one has ever seen that. Yeah, so that's part of it. Part of it, uh, part of the Muji philosophy is thinking, you know, being the one person to ask why not, and uh, the, the other part of it is being the one person to ask why about stuff that's not necessary. I, I like, have I mean, a I've why got... I'd like to ask. Yeah. Why are Uniqlo shirts square shaped? Why are Japanese T-shirts like? Yeah, it's obnoxious. Well, it, Uniqlo's not Muji. I know, but like, does does Muji rectify this problem? I mean, are Japanese people square shaped? I just don't understand. I think it's Muji has a good cut. Uh, Uniqlo stuff is square because that's just the style. I would reckon. I, I tell you what, my my friends in France, 
they when they go there they uh I mean now that Uniqlo's everywhere they don't have to do this anymore, but they used to go to this this um this shirt store called what it's, it wasn't Granif. Granif. It was Granif. Okay. And it they was Granif, they liked yeah. the cut there cuz it was square cuz they were all like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm getting getting that beer belly and the square shape just hides it all. Makes it look like I'm just a a straight up and down square. Whereas I don't like it because it makes it look like I have a beer belly when I don't. Mm-hmm. So you're, I was going to say you you're a career skinny guy. You're not looking for that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm in this body for life as far as I can reason. Yeah. So you, Matthew. Yeah, your turn, Kumar. Uh, what were the, 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 the five or six things that Tim said? Just shout uh, one at a time. Beverage, beverage. Okay, beverage. Um, so for a night, I'm not, we're not going to do me, we're going to do Night and Damsel, right? So I guess, what did Nights and Damsels drink? Let's say tea, hot tea, because it's classic, right? All right. Hot tea. Just any hot tea. It's gotta be a we need a brand. Any hot tea. We gotta we gotta get Black. money coming you know, in on this English project. English breakfast. English breakfast. Lipton. Twinings. Twinings. Bentley's. Yeah, twinings. 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 Twinings is actually very good. And uh, you know, the thing is, like in the UK, you can buy twinings in like a box, and it's just the bags. If you come to Canada or the US, if you buy twinings, it's always individual sachets, and then the bag is inside the sachet, and you're like, the sachet is a complete waste there's only 20 in this box rather than like a hundred like there should be so a box of twinings from the uk not from anywhere else where it's much more annoying okay uh snack right. food food snack food I, again what did, what would knight and damsels have eaten pretzels um <laughs> pretzels is is the least the least likely example what if they're jam- some kind I'm of a thinking- crumpet like a fig newton maybe that's crumpetesque a Newton. Fig and Newton. You've never had a Fig Newton? I don't think, I, you, I don't think they have you, rich tea biscuits. We've already gone for the hot tea All right. with, uh, you know, we'll the English tea, tea twinings hot tea. We go for McVitie's rich tea biscuits because they, oh, they are very mild, but they're still sweet. They, they dip well, perfect accompaniment to the hot tea that we have already selected. So, yeah, rich tea biscuits. Yeah. There's a snack Me and food. Matthew Kumar ate some McVitie's uh, biscuits in uh, Tokyo in 2003. With some Kitty Metz grape soda. I remember that. They were on sale go. at the, you uh, appear to. the discount supermarket downstairs. A uh, car. What would a night and damsel car. drive? A cart? A horse? They would drive a horse. What? Yeah, exactly. What would a night and damsel drive? The answer is a horse. It's perfect. You know, you 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 know, a horse. Basically, any kind of horse. Get yourself a horse, everybody. <laughs> and a, a lifestyle brand. Now, th- does this game have certain political leanings? Is this truly a feminist game? Is there some lifestyle brand you can tie into this? Jezebel. Um. <laughs> well, I, I I would I would backtrack and be saying that it's a feminist game because you can't really declare that sort of thing. It's more sort of like, um, the you know you want to you know, have, be a feminist ally and uh, sort of, um, you know, explore these ideas through design and so on. So while I consider it to be something which ex- explores, you know, feminist I- ideals is also very much just like, a, you know, like it's a video game, right? So there's only so much you can you can do in something where you try to do it purely for the mechanics. So that's maybe a slight overstatement. In terms of a lifestyle brand, I would say a horse. <laughs> the right. answer is always a horse. All right. Because I mean, how how I mean, think about it. You buy a horse tomorrow; that is going to change your life. That's true. That is true. 
my life's going to be different forever after I get that horse. I'm going to pay a lot of stuff to, like, keep that horse. Get myself a pony. I don't get a pony. They're different. They're not horses. Yeah, I know. I saw some people riding around on ponies in Stockton the other day, but they looked like they were having a good time. I don't know. Yeah, but they're kind of like slow horse. You got to own a horse before you can own a pony. Like, you got to own a, a, a Mercedes before you can own a Rolex, for example. So... <laughs> That's I right. mean, there's just, there's rules to these things. Mm-hmm. You need a horse before you can own a novelty horse. Well, <laughs> you got to own a horse of, before you can own a pony. You got to own a Rolex, uh, wait, a Mercedes before you can own a Rolex. So are you saying that if you buy a Rolex, it will eventually turn into a Mercedes? No. No, because ponies are not baby horses. It's true. <laughs> ponies are a different species of animal, you creep. <laughs> they're not the same thing sometimes a baby horse is something else which is also (laughs) sometimes called a pony but we need sometimes but it's like a colt is a young horse anyway let's not cry uh, over an urban ponies oh an urban yeah the number 45 Speaking of one, yeah. speaking of prestige uh, indicators such as these, um, this maybe can segue to another topic. Who is qualified to play Mario Maker? Oh man, I suggested this as a conversation topic. I'm going to tell everybody something. Yesterday, I went over to I have to say a journalist friend's house. Oh no, uh, uh, collusion. I'm not allowed to say because uh, was it scary, Larry? Then, I'm not going to say. Yeah, Scary Larry from GamePro, yeah. So nin- Nintendo doesn't want any of its people who have the game to talk about it unless they're expressly oh, permitted to. Uh, so I went over and I played Mario Maker. And I'm going to tell you what. You're a piece of trash. You're a bag of dirt. You're a heap of filth if you can't get down with the good times <laughs> in that game. Uh, you just sit down and you just make dumb levels. You make them real fast. You play them real fast. They're fun and cool. Anybody can do it. It's real easy. You can choose Super Mario Bros., Mario, Super Mario 3, Super Mario World, or the new Super Mario Brothers, which changes the look and the physics of the game. So you can match your levels, post them on the internet. People play them. They upvote them if they like them. They leave you comments if they have uh, criticism. You must be able to beat your level in order to upload it. Uh, so here's the thing. It is all video game journalists playing it right now, okay? And uh, uh, I have got to say, and I'm being, you know, this is me at my most diplomatic. Uh, those levels up there are atrocious. They are really, really bad. Well, they probably all don't the want to do it. Levels. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. And then part of it is... These long, elaborate puzzle platformer-like levels, right? And it's like, Mario ain't no puzzle platformer, you rube. Mario ain't a puzzle platformer, you dolt. You vance. Uh, you maroon. What other words there are, I don't know. But it's like, that's not what Mario is. Say what you will about Jonathan Blow. The guy has like an IQ of like 170. That's like about what it takes to make any of those sorts of levels any fun at all. So it's like all this weird puzzle trash. And then all these levels that clearly don't understand pacing or blocking or staging or uh, geometry or enemy placement or anything. I messed around for like a half an hour to make like two screens of a level that felt that felt good, you know. I'm just imagining like 
Shigeru Miyamoto would just cry. I wanted to leave a comment on one guy's level. Uh, just this is why Satoru Iwata is dead. Period. It's like the sort of comments I wanted to leave on how bad some of these levels were. And I was thinking, there's there's a hundred levels that Nintendo made that you can play in this challenge mode, right? And uh, I was like, man, I wish all these people would play all of these levels and then get this stuff. And then I went, wait, hold on. Little Big Planet came out within like a month. There were a hundred recreations of Little Big Pl- of a uh, Super Mario Bros. One One, right? I'm like, I don't think people actually know what makes a good Mario level, and I got really scared because I honestly, I'm gonna buy that Mario Maker, and I swear I'm gonna make like eight full worlds of levels that I will put up there and I will link to on Twitter and whatnot. But it's like, man, I don't think is going to be as successful as uh, I really, really think it should be. Because it's, oh, it's, like, nobody is making any good levels. There's just hundreds, thousands of levels up there. There's all trash. Well, it's, it's just well, so it's like right now. So, what? So, yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, number one, these are the two branching paths here. What what makes a bad platform level? A bad 2D platform level? 2D. Number two, like, do these yeah 2D only uh number 2 like like game these game journalists apparently don't like they they've illustrated they've laid all the cards on the table they don't know what le- good level design is they they couldn't execute it if their life depended on it is what i was able to tell and i watched a bunch of streams today that these streamers and oh check it out we're going to be making mario levels and it's just like what is wrong with you you filth so that part's so there not you a go. question, but the for that's not a question. But it's like it's like should a, a game journal, should a person reviewing games know how much should they know about level design, about like the mechanical particulars of it? I think it's an interesting question because um, one of the things that I feel that that made me go into game development was that having sp- spent so much time of my life thinking about games as a journalist and as a player of games that I felt like I'd start to pick up really on some level and not to talk myself up too much just what makes a game good you know and so it's kind of interesting here you talk about the people who've played this game and the levels you see up now to have to be of no quality whatsoever i mean i wonder like for you tim and and you brandon do you feel that being a a game developer sorry being a journalist for so long made you a better game developer i definitely don't feel that that did anything i feel like i feel like playing a lot of games and thinking about them definitely helped, but but the writing about them part didn't. Um, and I I mean sometimes writing about things helps you to articulate an idea, but I don't think that I ever particularly wrote anything good about level design. And I don't even I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm good at level design. I like I made the the tracks in Odir, and the the programmer hates them. He thinks that they're very boring. And I agree that they could be better, but at least there's a theme to them. Like they each each stage introduces a new thing to you, and then the fifth stage puts them all together. Uh, so at least there's oh, while also introducing one last new thing. So at least there's there's a plan there. But I didn't really start out with a plan, so I don't I don't know that it. I don't think it actually really helped me. Uh, I think the only thing that helped me was doing it. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, well, you talked to him. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I don't ever, first of all, I don't really think I was ever a quote unquote journalist, uh, as like a thing, but I wrote, I did write about games, but I really only wrote about them because I wanted to know stuff. And I, I, I mean, I wanted to think more deeply and I thought it was a good, a good way to think more about that stuff. I always wanted to do Mario levels. I always wanted to make Mario levels, but I guess I was thinking about them not in, the way that like a critic somebody was telling me today that there's some video on some website that says you know a hundred reasons why banjo kazooie is better than mario 64 and it's like i mean come on i mean okay brandon i don't think you really like either of those games too much do you no. you don't probably never even played banjo kazooie which one's better come on i mean it's definitely me. mario 64 <laughs> boom Boom! That's, so there you it's, go. It's so fact. it's like it's. I don't think any of these people. I think a lot of these people writing about games are just like, man. It's like okay. So for me, the only reason I wrote about games is because I wanted to make them, and I guess this was like a huge gong. This was a, just a bucket of ice water on my head. That's like, yeah, definitely nobody. There's definitely a huge class of people who just write about games because they want to. Like they don't care about act the like the little stuff. It's just they're just working on video games I, and they're just streaming them and stuff. I don't know if you saw well, that. Can, can I be the <clears throat> what? Can I be the voice of reason here as someone who is not yeah. a uh, alleged game developer or alleged journalist? Yeah, yeah. And point out that people are damn idiots. So, like, what precedent is there for any good community generated level design? Because you I know, hope. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like the last Trials game. With the level editor? Yeah. I, More like the I, trash I editor, like, huh? What's that? Wait, not... Oh, you didn't say track editor, but the track editor? More like the trash editor. Oh, yes, If you've played yes. any of those levels. Do, yeah, Good exactly. joke from me. Quality Great. joke from me. Very nice. Thank yeah. you, Tim. Well, I mean, um, I haven't tried the um, trials editor, but... I mean, obviously, I worked on... Um, maybe not obviously, but I worked on Sound Shapes. Obviously, right? I worked on yeah. Sound Shapes. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, obviously uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, well, the Queen to of people England that I know here. already who are the people in this uh, virtual room, that would be an obvious Understood. thing, I believe. Um, but um, basically, the the situation in that game is very. It's a. It's a. It's got an editor very much the style of uh, Mario Maker. Actually, you can't. Um, you know, you can't uh, upload the level unless you've beaten it and so on. And I, I designed a bunch of the levels in the um, the the that come with the game. Right, so uh, there's the um, Dead Mouse levels, Dead and Mouth there's 5. a bunch of stuff, uh, stuff in the. Um, so wait, there's uh, Dead Mouse. Okay, Jim so Guthrie levels. That game. You worked on that game, and uh, Dead Mouse is in it, right? Dead Mouse. Five. So can you tell me? I've just been uh, like I've been arguing about this with my friend uh, for like a couple days. Is that guy actually dead? Okay, that's the end of my joke. <laughs> there we go. Good joke. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm not attempting to, to, for example, name drop by saying, I worked Boom. on some Dead Mouse levels. The, the, the thought is more that basically Boom. when I came to um, Queasy to work on Sound Shapes, one of the first things I actually did, just because I was interested in what makes good level design is, I opened up um, a bunch of um, Super Mario World maps, a bunch of uh, Super Mario 3 maps, a bunch of uh, Super Mario 1 maps, and I just started to cut them up into discrete chunks of where's the challenge in this screen, let's say. Where's, well, like, because if you look, look at those games and you um, you play them back, there's a bunch of um, 
individual challenges on the level that are like key moments or so on that are more or less repeated just in different variations. And I sort of realized that, and it's something which I would say that I've kind of attempted to recreate in some way in, in Night and Damsel, that um, you can kind of take these individual chunks because everyone has been sort of polished into being an individual moment and just, you know, arrange them, randomize them. Do you know what I mean? You just, you just, you know, you take a bunch of flashcards. We use so oh, many yeah. flashcards when we worked on sound shapes and you just place them in an order and you see, is this a good flow? Is how does this work? So when I made Night and Damsel, um, the game is, the game is, uh, supposed to be played. You can play it hundreds of times, right? There's, there's no, um, real, um, sense of, uh, there is a campaign, but it's more sort of just an introduction. And the idea is the arcade mode you play over and over again. And the idea is like every time you play it, I have designed all these discrete chunks of the level, which are randomized. But because of the way that these are all based around moments and the way they interact with each other, they should always work. Level design you know? madlibs. Um, so the, so it's, yeah. So the, the interesting thing is the idea that people who have, who have played like Mario for so long and now they're, 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 they're like reviewing this game that they don't, they don't see that in the level. Like I, I did see an article from, I think it was Chris Kohler today saying about how Uh-oh. he thought to himself, um, you know, the wall jump, that's what I'll build the game around. But then he realized he'd made loads of mistakes in the process of doing it. He didn't, he didn't think to look at necessarily, um, level design moments that, that shine the spot on that already and learn from those. So again, I just interesting. There's well, like very few levels in those new Super Mario Brothers that actually use the wall jump like more than twice, I guess, because they must have gutted out all of the parts that relied on it. Like I was messing with the new Super Mario Bros. wall jump yesterday myself. I like it. It's good. It, it feels good as far as video game wall jumps go. I wonder what kind of a level I would make as a person who doesn't particularly, not that I dislike Mario, but doesn't particularly care for Mario. I wonder. I wonder what that experience would be like for me if I would have a fun time. Because I, oh. I think it would be superior to the ones that are going to be made, and here's why. And it's something that Kumar said that made me think of this. Is like with trials. It, I felt like I was approaching. I made one track in that game, and it, uh, it felt like I was approaching it from a totally different aspect than anybody else out there. Like everybody else was thinking what can I do that's going to make people just be impressed? Like, how can I trick them out and do something that they're not going to expect? And I was going just for feel. I just wanted something that felt good and it was fun and it gave you a thrill. And mine was a lot simpler, but I thought it was a lot better as a result. And I'm just mentioning this because I think Kumar might relate to it a little bit is uh rowdy, Roddy Piper recently died. It's true. And, oh yeah. RRP. RRP, that's Very right. Very sad about that. But I was watching an interview with him that was so fascinating because he made it really clear just in his interactions with the host that his whole gimmick as a professional wrestler was about modulating the mood and the feel of the interaction between the two people in the ring. And you compare that with wrestlers today who are all about doing flips and just crazy shit and trying to gain like a following for being such technical you know, acrobatic experts. It seems almost like a generational difference where people that grew up with this stuff have a little bit of a different take. That's maybe a little warped compared to people that sort of built it out of nothing. Because if you look at like a Miyamoto approach and you look at probably the best level ever made Mario one, one, and I'm talking like any platformer ever, 
that's just so, so different than the, just the tricks and the smoke and the mirrors of stuff today. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's like, um, that's the, the thing about wrestling, right? I mean, I'm not like, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by wrestling. I love the, 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 the kind of world of it, not so much that I that I really care to watch it. Although I've been trying to watch, I don't know if you're interested at all, Joel. This Lucia Underground thing that people have been talking up recently. I've been trying to watch, try that one out. Mm-hmm. But the the idea that um, that uh, yeah, like a, a great a great wrestler like Reggie Piper was not great because he was technically amazing or he was fantastically ripped or something or he just like looked amazing in the ring. It's that when he went into the ring and even when he was out there doing his. Um, uh, would you call it the, when you talk to the camera? Um, the promo a term for it. His promos. The idea was he was always sort of building a narrative. So his most famous match is the one against um, uh, Bret Hart, right? Where he they sort of build this whole story, and in in the match you can see he's playing the bad guy, and then he like chooses to not do the bad thing, and but it's all been built by just like these, even just the moves that you wouldn't think are building the story. Every single building block is important to the ultimate, you know, pyramid or whatever that, that he has ultimately constructed in front of the audience. And that is the same situation with level design. Everyone goes on endlessly about how 1-1 introduces all the, the, the most important things to you straight away, right? That if you run forward, you die because you hit the Goomba. And if you jump, you immediately get the, the mushroom and the mushroom is forced into, into you. But like every single... That's why when I was talking about designing levels, it's like taking these discrete chunks, these parts, because you can use these these moments to build a narrative basically there's uh sort of that concept of uh diegetic and non-diegetic play which is like the if you play a video game like i was just playing um uh far cry 3 for some obscure reason and you know it builds all the story on top of of it where it's like you're this guy and all this stuff is happening but at the same time what was actually interesting to me is the the sort of the diegetic play which is like what i was actually doing in the world so sometimes something would emerge like i would be like attempting to you know, capture an outpost that I have nothing to, no real reason to be doing that. But then a target would appear and you'd like kill everyone in the outpost. And it was really interesting because that's what's happening in the, in the play moment. And the idea is like people can easily lose the idea of the, the narrative that the player builds by going through the experience, by can, by the, their attempts to, yes, like in the case of trials or in the case of, of a wrestling match of to have these moments where you shock or amaze the player by being like, Oh, I didn't expect that or something. There's too, there's not as much. Uh, thought put into it because you're so desperate for the cheap pop, you know the 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 one moment that will like make up for any other deficiency. My problem with the that kind of stuff with a game like Far Cry is you wind up with all of these unexpected stupid moments, and usually for me, once I get to one of those, I feel like I've I'm satisfied. Like I know what the game is about by then. Like there there was a bit. Where in Far Cry 2, where I, uh, I had to, I had to save this guy, and I did it through some way that was not fully intended, uh, by the dialogue, because I didn't kill anybody to get there. I just snuck in there because of some glitch. It was an earlier version of the game, but anyway, I got in there, and, uh, and the guy's like, wow! You sure saved me from all those dudes, and it's good that they're all dead now. And he's like, anyway, I'm gonna go, and then he just stands there for a while, and then he looks yeah. at his watch, and then he just runs straight into a wall, and he just keeps running into that wall, just just booking it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I that's, was like, that's... "Cool, 
That's that's my experience that's... playing this game now. I mean, I know it has a lot of amazing technical things in it, but that was the moment that that I identify with Far Cry forever because I I didn't I wasn't compelled enough to really play it the right way. Uh, but but I also wanted to say about the wrestling thing, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know if this is just the the old people versus the young people or what, but there's there's that thing where where there's this guy who's like the Rock's cousin. Who is this guy? Oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. So so the people don't really like him, but the the man wants him to be the star. They want him to be the hero. But the fans don't care, and they want this. They want like anybody else. They want that beard guy. Who's that beard guy? D. Bryan. Daniel Bryan. D-Bry. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Bryan. So, like there, there you've got your your technical hammy showiness on the one hand, and you've got your people's choice on the other hand, and and I I do feel like there's there's probably going to be a lot of levels in that Mario thing. That, that are definitely like, what, what's my gimmick? What can I do? Like, even Chris Kohler was saying, I've, I've already decided I'm not playing any asshole levels. Like, levels that are trying to do, I want to be the guy or whatever, that are trying to yeah. trick you and, 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 and play it up. Because, the, like, that's fun as a gimmick and it's fun for a minute, but it's got no, it's got no staying power. You're not going to come back to it. Un, like, you're, but the thing is, the the world of today streamers are going to play those crappy uh gotcha levels because i don't know if you've ever watched any streamers but all they do is shriek and and yeah just they, they do like to scream a lot like the the way that they i mean i i have to almost respect the crafts cuz they have to feign such incredible ignorance in order to <laughs> to do what they're doing, because because they'll just be like, "What? There's a flashlight? Whoa!" And what's the deal with that? It's just like they they've got to they've got to be all amped all the time about every minute, totally normal detail, and uh, and so uh. it's 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 like I wonder I wonder in in the world of today whether something that's just well made like how well is that gonna do? Badly. I mean, I think that, yeah. I think there's a way for it to do well. I think I think there 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 definitely is, but it's. Um, I mean, the thing is, you can vote stuff up, and yeah. that could be cool. Uh, but if 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 like Pew- PewDiePie, however you say his name, if he's if he plays a level and he's like, this one's hilarious. I mean, that's going to get voted to the top, even if it's trash. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, a good example of that is um, there's a maybe a, it's not like a big uh, blip right now, but there's a bit of a blip going on because there's some discussion of the fact that N++, um, um, the, the kind of the general consensus is it hasn't been doing that well mm. and it has been struggling really hard to get... Um, to get coverage actually so if you if you're not familiar with n plus plus it's um the uh kind of the culmination of 10 years work uh, of uh rigging the merit metanet to try and make kind of like the perfect ex- example of the type of platformer they want to make which is like a single screen platformer with a particular type of physics it's very much about you um so almost like speed running through the levels if uh, as it were and it's quite hardcore. and um it's very hardcore, but it's not like I don't want to be the guy. There's no, there's nothing cheap about that no, game. No, no. It's actually, I mean, I I playtested it for a while, and 
um, in playing it, I actually consider it one of easily the most stunning like pieces of work I've ever like kind of like had the privilege to work on in that way because it is so carefully considered on every level to be about the core of being a clean good easy to play like clear platformer pure like like absolutely the pure platformer there's no tricks to it but i can totally see how in some respects that is something that is very easy to move past to overlook because it just it doesn't it doesn't look like anything to the first glance there's yeah. nothing there's not gonna be a moment like a, a an um uh i don't know a goat simulator moment where you're like lol it's just gonna be like you against the game and mm-hmm. like you either kind of get it or you don't and if you don't get it it's because you haven't tried to meet it on its level yeah it's like yeah. it's like but, f- fart jokes versus uh i don't know what's a good kind of joke <laughs> Whatever the good kind of joke is. Are you saying there's a problem with fart jokes? No, I'm just saying they're real easy. Like a an, okay. an, yeah. an easy joke that you can lull at right away and then and then just go around and tell your bro to versus a joke that you actually need knowledge and context to understand. Like a like the the stupid tweet that I, I stole from somebody, I don't even know who I stole it from, where it was like typical Western character and typical Japanese character. And the typical Western character was Solid Snake and the typical Japanese character was Philia from, uh, from Skullgirls. Skullgirls. And, and man, there were so many people, uh, that were just like, uh, it doesn't exactly work if both characters are Japanese. Um, or, uh, there, there was another guy who was like, both these characters are American, so you don't even know what you're talking about. And then there was an, uh, a third guy who totally understood the whole thing. He was like, actually, Solid Snake is a Japanese, uh, character, de- um, designed by this person, and Philia is an American character de- designed that by this person. And, uh, and so you're, you're totally wrong. I was like, you, you got the joke without realizing there was a joke. And uh, I feel like that's also a problem. Yeah, it totally so, is. But I think, I mean, I think so many things relate to the fact that, that, and this has probably always been the case. It's just that now with the blessing of the internet, uh, it's, it's more apparent is that people really want instant gratification and people also really want the first thought that came into their head to be the right one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They don't want any more thinking. They just, they already came up to a, a, a decision and that's enough. Yeah, it's true. There, well, there's so many things to decide on all day long. If you're looking at social media, it's like, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? Uh, it's, it's like you're constantly being petitioned. It's, it's like we have <sighs> big brothered ourselves. Like, uh, the, the whole, uh, n- like, in all these sci-fi stories where you're having stuff marketed directly to your brain, it's like we've chosen to do it. We've we've put ourselves in a situation, like on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, where we're like, yes, market to me right now. Even if it's just your friends posting like milic- militant vegan parables or something, you know, you're, you're deciding whether yes or no to that all day long. Damn, it's my it's fault that that's all I get is like police brutality videos. Yep, it's your Boom. fault. Man. Technically, that's not your fault. That's society's fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That uh, I think we it's time to assume responsibility here, people. So what I'm going to say about Mario Maker, my here's the straight dope. Please. Uh, I'm going to get that game. I want it. I god darn want it. Uh, it's going to be mine. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. 
you can't, and you can't stop me neither. Uh, it's going to be mine. I will have it. Okay. I will have the precious. Okay, that's number one. Who, who was the fourth number one that two, you pointed to, by the way? Uh, somebody outside. Oh, all right. <laughs> there's there's a guy out there walking his dog. Uh, uh, the next thing is I'm going to make some good old levels. Sweet. I'm going to make a whole bunch of them. I'm going to have a good time. Uh, I'm going to have more fun with it than watching Netflix. Uh, one cool thing, like the music and the editor mode is like really good. They got like, uh, just the, the music was just blowing my mind. The user interface, the polish, uh, blows my mind. Like just hanging out in the little lobby and like scrolling through the level and just being like, Hmm, looking at it looks more fun than Netflix. Uh, I'm going to get it. My buddy Brent Porter's going to get it. Uh, Michael Kerwin's probably going to get it. We're going to make levels, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to play each other's levels. Heck, those god darn idiots out there on the internet. You want to you wanna subscribe to the home box office, to the HBO of Mario levels. Come on over my V, my v house, my E house, and get tore up. Because that's what's going to happen. None of this stupid nonsense with a million monsters or whatever. I'm going to give you the straight dope. And that's the straight dope. Tim, um, I have a question, though, which is like, I have very little interest. Although I think Mario Maker, having played it, it is fantastic. Um, yeah. And it is a great tool. Um, having, you know, um, made levels so much in my life by this point, it's just, it's just work to me. And I can't imagine doing it for free for Nintendo. Do you know what I mean? Why would you want to spend your time doing yeah, it? Ooh, that's my question. I got as well. two reasons for you. Two reasons for you, you piece of dirt. Number one, super. Number two, Mario. <laughs> that's a- <laughs> yeah, but just like, like, just like make, like you could, you, you've already made Toffee and the Terror Bones. You know you can make yeah. a platformer. Why not just make a platformer that's as vanilla as Mario and so put this it is- out Whoa! and charge? Vanilla for it or whatever. Mario has beautiful locomotion. Some people like beautiful vanilla. face, a beautiful, beautiful nose. Not, not necessarily an insult. Some people like vanilla. A beautiful, uh, yeah, yeah. There's flavor to it. Uh, it's it's got uh, Mario's got flavor. Mario's got more flavor than a vanilla I, flavor. I, I, Mario's look, I got just like to state when I say vanilla, it was not meant as an insult. It was meant it's got like some vanilla sprinkles. is the base. The vanilla is you the were base hating on flavor, white people, right? Vanilla is, what is you the were original doing. ice cream. I don't know if it is the original ice cream. Like you were okay, dissing we're the, the whites is what you were doing. You were no, making I fun like of me vanilla. for being white. If, if you if I went into an ice cream shop and they don't have mint and I don't really like mint with the chalk chips in, I just like mint on its own. Uh, yeah, I'll get vanilla. Right. The point is the best. Is that the best Mario like is... three ice creams I've ever had for the record were all vanilla. Like they were like yeah. The the three times I had ice cream where I was like, oh my god, that's good. They were all vanilla. So I, I get what exactly. You're Mario is the ur. Ice cream. So that when I call it the vanilla, like it's it's the basic. It's always you, you know how to do it. There's so many small touches to yeah. it that make it so good. As you as you state the um the the locomotion, for example, which is like using real vanilla, not using vanilla extract, and and your yeah. your um and your ice cream. But the point is, is that I know that you are capable of that. So why would you be? Why would you go to the the point of like spending seventy dollars? You're not even doing it for free. You're doing it for seventy bucks. You're spending seventy dollars to make levels for someone else when you could make a game by yourself. Well, I can tell you. Well, one. it's all about right on. Oh, t- tell me one. Tell me one. Yeah. Well, it's it's probably different for you, but for me, it's like. It would be, it's an easy way to practice making something a little better. 
because that's number one. Yeah, that's what's they've in got there. that uh, smoothness of interface, as I understand, that is going to facilitate my ideas coming to fruition very quickly and easily, and I don't have to like <clears throat> I I I need the practice, frankly. So for me, that would be. That would be the reason. I can't think of any single other reason, though, because I know it will feel like work to me no matter what. So it's a uh, it's real smooth interface. It's immediate feedback. Uh, it's a whole bunch of there's just a whole bunch of items and gimmicks and objects and obstacles and enemies and power ups already all in there in the game for you to just have a big weird playground with. So there's a smooth interface, robust options, immediate feedback. You get the uh, you get the endorphins. You get the, ooh boy, I just got to like, you get all that stuff. Uh, you get to watch people play your levels. Uh, it's just, just immediately. It's like you're making a little platform game and releasing it right away. Second of all, let me tell you something, okay? Uh, I don't make no video games about somebody just jumping around. I only make games with guns in them now, okay? <laughs> video ball's done. It's all about guns. If it don't bleed, I ain't developing it. That it's all about fair. violence, murder. You play that game of hatred. That's Sesame Street compared to what we're doing over if here. If it don't bleed, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. For anyone listening uh, who thought that was serious, that's a joke. Uh, we're uh, we're still going to keep making weird little quirky kind of industrial designy games. Don't worry about Hunk. it. Shit. Well, do we still have time to uh, talk about uh, Dragon Quest XI for 3DS? Man, I mean, not really. What is there? What is there to say about it aside from the obvious? You jerk. There's only <laughs> they, one thing to say, which is that it rules. I don't think it does. You say, "What's the wait. deal with that?" Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Wait, what do you mean you don't think it rules, Brandon? What's wrong with it? Uh, well, in what's, your estimation, what's the point. Why do I need to have 2D on the bottom screen and 3D on the top? Well, because just because it's cute. Uh, this is. It will be the 30th anniversary of Dragon uh-huh. Quest. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, They're trying to there please have everybody. Been, there have been three visual styles in Dragon Quest. There's been the top-down yeah. 2D. Yeah. There's been the uh, side-on rotating camera from the uh, Dragon Quest Seven and then the DS remakes. And then there's been the Dragon Quest Eight full, uh, luscious, luxurious 3D. Yep. So there's been three types, and they're releasing all three types on one day. Because they're scared. That's nice. Oh, well, there's there's a little bit of fear in it, but, I mean, there's an Unreal Engine full 3D Dragon Quest that they're making. That's cool. I mean, like, this is exactly the kind of thing that I get a little bit, like, genuinely scared when people express negativity about it. Because it's an old dude, it's an old guy who has stuck with making games, and they've always been the same quality. Uh, I, I don't even th- I don't think about Dragon Quest X because that was clearly an online game, but they're always there's the same quality standard. And I remember when Dragon Quest Seven came out, Dragon Warrior Seven came out in the U.S. and all the blogs and gamers dot com or whatever was like, oh, it's just uh, it's so old school. These games don't change. And I was like, no, don't say that. Don't don't talk like that. Don't don't talk like oh they don't change. It's like they don't have to get better. They're they're really good. They know what they're doing. Uh, the minute they start trying to do more stuff, you know, maybe they stop doing some of the old stuff as well. Uh, I don't know. It's I feel like as this guy gets older, his story writing gets better. The worlds get richer. 
You know, let's let him write a new one. Hey, and it's I'm, I'm not going to stop Engine. the guy. It's just, you know, the idea of... You think the 2D is dumb. I don't think it's dumb. I think it's superfluous. I think it's... it's That's making a lot of crazy assets and doing a whole lot of work. I could make a bunch of video games for what they're spending on doing that. Uh, obviously... Uh, they're going to make some cash. Yeah, they're going to make some off it. But it it's it it it's like... It feels showy to me it feels arrogant it's like look look at the resources that i possess here they are you wanted everything guess what and that that is i guess i guess that's cool but it 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 just feels it makes me feel weird it makes me feel bad that that this guy can do all can do all that and doesn't doesn't need to i mean i guess it's 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 generous in a way but in it's very generous. But in another it's a way, quality product. It's it feels like he's hoarding all the marbles to me. Yeah, Yuji Hordy. So you just <laughs> Yuji you Hordy. just left a <laughs> you just left a really big suitcase in my living room, the kind that's going to take like a week to unpack, if you know what uh-huh. I mean. So it's like, man, this is like, th- okay. So I mean, you've probably seen some editorials. About Japanese video games being in the crapper. Yeah. You've mentioned in conversation about, uh, Tokyo Game Show sucks now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like there's nothing there. The Japanese game industry is scary and sad. Uh, we've, we all have seen that the games that are making the most money are the mobile games now. It's like Dragon Quest XI. It's like a real big, Look at this. Yeah, well, we got console games and well, we're, we're doing not, big weird stuff. I'm not with against it. it. We and don't care about that. We just care like why did they say instead of making one cohesive game, we're going to make two different games and display them simultaneously no. to confuse you. They are not different games. They're the same game with different graphics. That's yeah. the, Wait, that's also, what I'm trying to I, say. Is, like why do I need to look at the same game twice on my same this device? This is the flagship no. Japanese video game Wait. franchise. Like Can I uh and, it has say a something? history. Yeah. What do you want to say? Uh, I believe that the game is only simultaneously shown for like the first chapter. After that, you choose one or the other. Oh, oh really? really? The idea is, yeah. I I, I may be uh, stating this incorrectly, but what I read now that would be crazy. Cl- <laughs> claimed that that that's literally what the situation is. The situation is that basically you can choose how you want to experience the game. You either. You know, use the 2D version or you use the 3D version, which does seem completely bonkers yeah, to no, me. That's that means that literally half of the um, assets will be completely missing from your game, and that's so that's like another game you don't play. Now that would be ridiculous. Um, like, like, but I might be wrong. I'm, I'm in, I'm if if that's the case, I'm in far greater uh. support of uh, of showing both. But what were you gonna say, Tim? I don't know if that's really it, though. I hope it's not. I hope. I really hope it's not. That would be. I feel like you're able to uh, kind of Halo switch, like flip flop between them. Uh, uh I feel like you, you are. To, I mean, you might be able to flip flop between hold on. them, but I don't believe that the, the whole game shows both the exactly what you're seeing twice. You just pick one on the top screen, and then the bottom screen is used for your usual stuff. You know. Well, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't it know does the say here the that after that the watched, opening, but after was... the opening stages, you ha- you do have to switch between 3D and 2D. It's like I don't know. That's... I uh, all right. I I I like that. Oh. I mean, I don't. I mean, there are people in Japan who talked smack about the 3D in Dragon Quest Seven, and then talked smack about the 3D uh, 
in the DS version. It's like, I'm not going to get that on DS because it's not in 3D. There's like, there's people who are like 70 years old who play those games and it's like, they don't want them in 3D. It's like, there's a wide variety of people. Like they're, they're showing this as much respect as they can. Yeah, but it doesn't feel that, that way to there. me. It feels it, like if you're going to show yourself respect, you're going to choose one and you're going to be like, you know what? We just, dis- we made a decision. We're making this game and this is how it is. And you should try to like it because we made intelligent decisions based on our years and years of experience. And if they're like, you know what? You guys are right. You should be able to choose whatever you want. We, 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 we couldn't possibly choose for you. So here's both. Like that's, I don't know. I don't like that. You know what that reminds me of is, um, I think it was Capcom versus SNK2 on the Dreamcast mm. and on the uh, spine uh, cover there. It said, 2D will never die. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that's the last 2D fighter Capcom ever made. Yeah. Boom, idiots. It's true. But uh, but they were right. 2D didn't die. Just they stopped supporting it. Just it just got shitty. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Capcom's case, you just been like, listen, me and 2D love you very much. That's right. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's just that we have to live in different houses now. And look, you're going to get two Christmases, okay? So just uh, just deal with it. Yeah, you know, we could talk about this all day long, but uh, let's talk about that next time because I got a lot to say yeah, about I'm that a, stuff. I'm digging through some stuff here. I'm trying to find out if you can... Uh... No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. All right. Uh, according to Silicon Era, after the opening stages, you have to select which style to play, but you can switch between 3D and 2D style at any time. So there you have yeah, it. Yeah, that was... I mean, the point I was making was you are still... Ch- basically probably choosing one to play through the play through the game as what i think is interesting about this aspect of the game is though is that it basically implies that the game feel of a dragon quest is not important like they they're like the way that you move the character and things like that it's it's just purely the mechanics of battles and stuff whether they're in 2d or 3d they don't really care you know that's what have you ever, I don't have know if you that ever ties played one yeah, Have I played all played the way through Dra- 9 and I loved 9. Like, I played like 9 for like 70 hours and enjoyed every minute of it. But the idea that they, they don't think that they should just concentrate on one seems weird to me. Like, because if you, you want to polish it to the best example that it can be that every, every movement, every touch, every aspect of it is important, that you, to do that twice in a row, um, says that that's not a unified experience to me. I mean, I may be wrong. I mean, probably, I'll, I, I will know, totally get this, and I will play. If, I mean, I will get it if it comes in English. Um, and I will play it in three D actually because I love the three D in nine. But I just don't know if that's. I don't think they should have done the two D version. If yeah, probably because you know, you know, like in, I, I mean, in that in the Halo game, you're gonna you 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 can switch back and forth between both the the original Xbox graphics and the new shiny graphics. And you're going to do that like five times throughout the game. You're not going to do it all the time. Uh, I just played through Halo 1 and I did it like a hundred million times. Uh, it's fun. Sometimes the visibility is like way better in the uh, original Xbox version. Yeah. So like, I mean, in, okay, in my like final, uh, just my straight dope word here, I'm just going to say they've been making these goddamn games for 30 years and they have so much experience making them. Uh, and yes, the, the, the graphical presentation of this game is just not as important as the heart of it. Like the heart of it is not graphics and it's, it is a beautiful, delicious treat 
to have the graphics that Dragon Quest VIII has, but you could play it 2D top-down with Dragon Quest One sprites, and it would still be a good time because it's just got a story that's paced really well and told really well and has good writing, uh, and it's just – it's got a soul to it, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. They're my favorite games of all the games, so, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I am going to play all three types of the game. And that's the straight dope from me. I rinse all types. Yeah, I don't know about anybody else's dope, but that's my straight one. Should should we get a a dope roundup here and uh, end it at that? Yeah. Just dope whatever, man. I don't care. Cricket dip. (laughs) Personally, my disappointment was that when it was presented in conversation last week, because I don't pay attention to this shit, uh, the way Brandon described it made me think it was like Dark Savior, where you have 3D backgrounds and 2D sprites. Oh, no, I wish it was yes. that. This is what I love. Yeah, none of that for you. Best best aesthetic ever. Yeah, get owned, idiot. <laughs> I'm owned. Yep, Dragon you Quest Eleven. get owned, idiot. That's the tagline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but what I'm going to say to twice, it, and then I'm going to own twice it. Twice the graphics. Uh, get owned three times because I'm gonna play it all three styles at once. All right, if you if you even can, you're just gonna be constantly cycling back and through it. Give yourself a a migraine. No, I said yeah, I'm those, gonna play. Those... I'm gonna play one hour at a time. Uh, PS4 and then 3DS. Yeah, there's many of those print adverts. It's like Yuji Hori's gonna make you his bitch, and then it has like the the three in the corner of the the bitch. So it's like bitch cubed. Yeah, Yuji Hori's gonna make you switch graphic styles. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. So Matthew, you want to put in uh, one more plug there as we uh, close this out? Um, yeah, you should, uh, Night and Damsel will have probably been out by a couple of days by the time you're listening to this, and you should go, uh, to, I guess, nightanddamsel.com, or just Steam, I guess, or load up your area, you can just, you know, it's probably still on if it's plugged in, because it doesn't turn off, I don't know how to turn that thing off, I don't think you actually can turn it off, I don't think that's the thing it does, um, and you can buy that game, it's seven ninety nine for the first two weeks, so you've got, you've probably got, ooh, 12 days or something left to buy it, you should do it. Act now before it's too late. What else are you going to do with your life? Yeah, don't yeah. not get it, you pieces of yeah, garbage. Yeah, it's going to be a long-ass time before Dragon Quest Eleven comes out in English, if at all, so you got to do something. Yep. Get your, get your head out of that garbage bag and go check out that video game. Right? Yeah. So there you have it. So, uh... Always trust uh, corporations and uh, buy that game. And uh, what else did we learn today? Um, oh, only only uh, children should be allowed to make uh, Mario Maker levels. Yeah, and I think that does yeah. it. I think that's it. So you should follow us on uh, on on the Facebook Facebook dot com slash IC Podcast. I think right. Yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. Man, I can't remember. Uh, Just look up insert credit. Yeah, look it's on look it up and you'll find us. And uh, follow us all on Twitter. I'm at Necrosofty. Tim's at 108. And Matthew Kumar is at Matthew Kumar. And there's only one T in that for you noobs out there. Uh, and yeah. uh, I guess next time, uh, will Frank be back? Frank will be back. Frank will be back. Matthew will not be back. And I will not be back for a while. So uh, get somebody, you'll be dead. Get somebody more entertaining. 
Or equally. Then I might You're actually listen to the one show. One last trip to the funeral home, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Indeed. Thank you. Wahoo! Wahoo, yippee. It's been a fun. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Get owned. Insert credit show. Silver, yeah! Brandon. Yeah. Um, that when you were telling that story about uh, Far Cry 2, it reminded me of like, my favorite um, thing that ever had, that happens in Fallout 3. Yeah. Which is um, when you rescue... Um, who plays the dad in Fallout 3? It's somebody really famous. The guy from Taken. I don't remember. Uh, oh, Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson plays your dad, right? I, I think it looks like Liam Neeson and everything. So you rescue and you're standing in the wasteland and your dad's like, and Liam Neeson's voice is like, I gotta go to whatever town. And then he's like, I'll see you there. And then he just, he just like runs into the wasteland, <laughs> like at full speed. And you can, the best thing about this is, is you can follow him the whole way. He <laughs> runs all the way across the map to get to the town. And it's just hilarious. You're just like ch- chasing after him. Yeah. Like, cause it doesn't even make any sense that you're, you've just met your dad after like 20 years. And he's like, well, I'll see you in that town. And he just runs at full pelt. It's amazing. <laughs> That's pretty good.